if you can't help your customers be accountable to themselves and get them the results, you're never going to have a long-term business. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 660. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today. If you haven't already, be sure to head over to your favorite listening platform, subscribe, and leave a rating and review because your rating and review will help other listeners find us and find the great content that we have here. Our guest today is Andrew Izumi, and I hope I got that right because listeners, you know I'm a queen of getting names wrong, but Andrew is the president of eBooms. His journey as an entrepreneur has not been as smooth sailing as someone would think, and you know that by listening to my journey, my I feel sometimes like I've been an on the rockiest of all oceans. That doesn't really sound right, rockiest. The most settling of of all oceans. It's like a scary roller coaster ride where I never know which way I'm going. But Andrew, I love having you here. I can't wait to dive into the conversation. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Kim. And you know what? You you are you are right. So I'm I, I have I have a big passion for the oceans. And yes, the seas do rock quite a bit. Kind of like how they do in a lot of entrepreneur careers as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There are many a day that I spent thinking, I can't wait until my life is normal. And then I realized probably just in the last year, which is really embarrassing, that maybe my life and the craziness that goes along with it is just my normal. it's, It's not what we see. And I mean that in a good way. I mean, I already told you and the listeners already know that I'm a mom of five and you know, I I know I've come to expect what I know is going to happen with clients in a good way. But I used to think that there would be that day when my kids behaved 24-7. <laughs> and, you know, nobody ever got sick. The car never broke down. <laughs> you know, I I just thought that that day was somewhere out the, on the horizon. And I realized finally that, no, that's what makes life exciting. It's just how we prepare for it. Exactly, exactly, Kim. So tell us about your journey and, and what eBooms is and and the good, the bad, and the ugly that you've experienced. Yeah, so that's a great question, Kim. And I know all of us entrepreneurs have our own individual story. Um, so what's interesting is I actually, I actually wrote a book about this. So the book is called Overcoming Adversity in Entrepreneurship. And what happens in this, what, what this book is about is we took 28 successful entrepreneurs and we took 28 different stories and everybody has that story of adversity that they went through in order to get to wherever they are today. Whether that means that you're a life coach, uh, you, you do something in small business, you own a restaurant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We all have to go through something. So, you know, my story was interesting because I came from just like a, a lot of other entrepreneurs, I came from the corporate world, from the nine to five. But I think what was very unique about my story is that I, I wasn't that guy that really hated my nine to five career. Um, I, I didn't really enjoy it, and I don't think anybody really does. But I was—I don't want to pat myself on the shoulder too much, but 
I was a very successful, I was very successful sales professional. Um, I was sales engineer or what it, what they called me, like was a senior district manager, um, had plenty of responsibility, made well over six figures, uh, had the company car, company cell phone, company laptop, uh, an expense report. So I didn't pay for my meals. I didn't pay for my travel. I mean, goodness gracious, I didn't pay for anything. Um, but here's the kicker, Kim, is um, I didn't work that hard. <laughs> I really didn't work that hard at all. And it wasn't like I was doing a bad job for the company. I was actually the top, the top three, third, like the third, the third top performer um, across the whole nation for a company, pulling in tons of money for the company. But, you know, although that, uh, like, although that, uh, like that being said, it was interesting because this is maybe a little bit more common among other entrepreneurs is. I did have how we like to say something tugging at my heartstrings saying that, okay, well, great. Like I have all this money. I have a boat. Um, I have a car, blah, blah, blah. But like I really haven't accomplished anything. Right. So I went from having this very low key life where I could go and I can do my day-to-day work tasks as a, as a nine to five employee to jumping into entrepreneurship. And I was kind of left to either sink or swim. Um, I mean, actually, in the beginning, I could barely even tread water because where you have a very clear direction of exactly what you need to do or you have a boss that tells you exactly what needs to be done or the company gives you your goals and directives, all you got to do is decide whether you're going to hit them or not. Mm-hmm. In entrepreneurship, the challenging part is you have to set those things yourself. And I think that's the hardest part. So what I went through as an entrepreneur is the fact that, okay, so... Now I have to ask myself a question. How do I set that goal? Like, what is the goal that I'm looking to achieve? And I think I can speak from a, for a lot of other entrepreneurs, especially ones that have the, uh, the scroll or the shiny object syndrome, trying to go chase every single thing uh, down, the, down the line and whether they succeed or not. It's something like in the very beginning that you really need to be able to think about is, okay, so what do I actually want to do. And once you can become very clear on what it is that your end goal, what your end goal is, then you can really start to travel down that path and make incremental progress little by little. You know, the can whole I interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Like my problem at the beginning was I didn't know what I wanted to do besides make money. So mm. if a prospective client contacted me to do something for them and I would get paid to do it. I said yes to everybody, everything. I didn't know who my ideal client was. I didn't know where my expertise was. So I was saying yes to everybody and everything, even things that I was not good at, shouldn't have had any part to do with. I mean, I was designing WordPress sites before I really understood what WordPress sites were Mm -hmm. because I wanted the money. So those projects took 18 times longer than they should have. I wound up with frustrated clients, frustrated me, frustrated husband, because I, you know, they took longer than they should have. And and I see so many of my clients doing that, but I also see when they, when they don't know what they want to do is twofold. They don't know what they're providing in their business. And they also don't know what are the most important actions that they can take today because designing the website, designing the logo are not more important in my opinion, I'm sure not in yours, than getting out there, figuring out what it is that you do, the value 
that you provide and talking to people about it or hopping online and doing a live, you know, wherever it is. But if you're going to be buried behind your screen for six months designing a website because you think you need to have that set up before you get out there and say anything about what you do, you're just holding yourself back for those six months. Exactly right. There's one of my, I mean, you, you can do business. You, you can, you can probably do business for multiple years without even having any sort of a website. Um, my one friend, Ace, he, he's been doing, he's been doing that thing. He's been doing business for multiple years and is very successful. He doesn't have a website. He just does everything off of his Facebook page. Yeah. I have one of those too. I have my, my um, co-host of Purposeful Parentpreneurs, which to listeners who have heard about it know as of the day of this recording, it has not yet launched yet. But Richie Ote, he doesn't have a podcast, but he gets all of his clients from word of mouth referrals. And he's been do- doing business this way for 20 years. Yeah, there's some, uh, and it's, it, it's, it's one of two ways. Like you can, you decide which way you want to build up your audience. Like if, if you build up your audience and you, when you get referrals, especially in the sales world. So like I, I've been in the sales world for over the past decade. And when you get that referral customer, that's the customer that's going to be the easiest one to work with. That's the one that you're not going to have to put through some sort of like fancy sales funnel, or you're not going to have to drive them through three or four different phone calls just to be able to qualify the customer. When you get that referral business, it's awesome because they want to work with you. You want to work with them and you know, they're going to be a very easy client to help get them success. Absolutely. I was at a conference this past weekend and I spoke and when I was done, somebody in the audience came up and if you're listening, you know who you are. And she said, I want to work with you. I've already looked at your site. I don't make excuses. I get stuff done and I'm going to do everything that you tell me to do. Andrew, it took me years to be comfortable to say that on my site. I don't want to work with you if you're not going to take action because I don't want you to waste my time or your own. And when you can become clear on who you do want to work with versus who you don't want to work with and you feel comfortable expressing that both ways, bang. So rather than saying yes to everybody because you're afraid to take the money or of not, you know, and that's something I would love to discuss with you as a sales, you know, as a leader in sales, just taking the money versus selling. Or I see this is where people like me trip up, giving the value and getting paid what you are worth. Mm-hmm. And I feel so for so many people, it is about taking money, but it's not looking at what are we giving in return for that? And there's so many of us, including me, who are have been afraid for years, maybe even as long as their business has been around, to charge their fair worth. So they've been having to take on 18 times as much work as they should have. I don't know why I'm on an 18 times thing today. Yeah. But then, but then they're tired and they're exhausted and they can't sleep because they overpromised and now they're under-delivering. And it just becomes this vicious cycle. Yeah. And, you know, that's a really good point. So... It, um, you know, what's it, what's interesting, Kim, is I just, um, I just put on this, this virtual summit book study guide, so on and so forth. It has, has a lot of great, like great value benefit components and it's called the ultimate sales momentum. And 
what this is all about is I, I actually took, I took 18 experts or there was 17 experts plus myself. And I got different opinions on, on the specific topic of sales. So whether that's selling um, like at your core foundations, well, whether that's selling through return on a relationship or that's just selling through having the right mindset for your customer, there were a couple key, uh, key pieces that were really consistent along all the speakers as well as myself. And like kind of uh, along the lines of exactly what you were talking about, as an entrepreneur, yes, you do have to be focused on sales because without sales and without money, you surely don't have a business. Um, without money, unfortunately, you can't buy food. You can't live in a house. You can't drive your car. You can't go to the gas station. So yes, money is a very essential vehicle and it is very critical in business. Um, we had, we had one, uh, one speaker and he talked about, you know, there's a very distinct relationship between money and the service that you have. Don't just do the service and charge no money because there's a correlation between value and money. If you charge somebody $5,000, $10,000, whatever the cost may be for your service, they're going to put that monetary value or that, um, uh, like the specific value on the product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that being said, in entrepreneurship too, like where a lot of us go and we say, oh yeah, I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. And I did a little bit of that in the beginning where I said, oh yeah, you know what? Maybe like software is the way to go. So I'm going to build a software or I'm just going to take sales calls for other people or what else did I try? Um, well, I, I did uh, the, the virtual summit thing worked out fantastic, but I did a lot of different things in the beginning too. But then what I realized is, yes, you can do a lot of different things, but if you're really not giving value through whatever you're doing, if you're just trying to do it just solely for the money and you're not giving value back to the customer, there really isn't that mutual win-win benefit. And when you don't have that win-win benefit, it unfortunately is sure. So in sales and really in life in general, we always want to be playing for long term. You know, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, we all, there's, there's that saying where you want to live each day. It's for us. And I think that's correct. But you also want to be able to think of what is tomorrow going to look like? What is next year going to look like? What is my life going to look like 10 years down the road? And if you're not setting yourself up for success 10 years down the road, there's really no reason to be doing what you're doing right now because for, for most of us, we're going to be alive tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. But mm-hmm. if you always look short term, you win short term, but you can lose just as fast. Mm. Donnie Bovine was a previous guest on the podcast and he's a friend as well. And one of the things that struck me and really I I borrowed from him and put into my own business was that he's a coach. I call myself a marketing mentor, but he's a mm-hmm. coach and he doesn't attach like a, a contract minimum stay to his coaching clients because his goal is to see them soar and outgrow his coaching services. Mm-hmm. And he lets his clients know that, no, I'm not going to tie you in because when you outgrow me, it's time for you to move on to somebody else. And I don't want you being tied to me because that's just going to hold you back. And that blew my mind. I think a lot of us forget sometimes that it's not about us. It's about the value and and our client. And you know what, when you actually help out your client or you help out your team, you help them get to the next stage that they're trying to be in. 
you're actually just helping yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're building a team or when you're building a team, or maybe like, even if you have an employees that you work with, you like, let's, let's take it back to the, to, to the nine to five world. If you have people that work underneath you and you prevent them from moving up the line because you don't want them to either take your position or maybe you have employees, but you don't want to teach them too much because you think that they might take over your business. You're really cutting yourself short because as soon as you grow them into like your spot, you're going to become that much better. You're going to move on to the next best thing. Oh my gosh. Can I give you a virtual germ-free hug? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, because the moment that I started putting together the, the standard operating procedures in my business, and here's how we do everything from start to finish, that's when it really started to grow. Kim, stop being afraid of sharing the magic. And now it's gotten to the point that I'm I'm not only sharing it with my team, but I'm copying those and sharing them with the clients as well because there's they can spend 18 months going and finding all the same data for themselves, or I can give them that leg up right now that they need. And like you were saying, they you know they just rock it to the next level, and then they send the referrals mm-hmm. for the next person who's going to do it too. There are so there are so many places. I mean, we can go onto YouTube and learn whatever we need to right now. But why am I going to subject my people to that when, when I can help them right now and be thanked and, you know, just, just see the glow in their face when they realize that they don't need to spend that time. I have a question for you. As a, I've received two different opinions on this it, pricing and pricing and sales go together. Mm-hmm. I've had, and especially in the entrepreneurial space, it's viewed two different ways. One, and I, I'm going to give you the, the exact example. I have the Feel Good Funnels uh, funnel building program that I offer. Okay. And there's three different levels. Okay. So there's the done, the do it yourself, the done with you, and the done for you. Mm-hmm. And one of my uh, clients slash friends looked at it and said, Kim, you need to not have it be a round number. Make it, you know, for the done with you, make it 4997, 4997 mm-hmm. instead of 5000. Then I was talking to another friend who said, Kim, your clients are smart. They're going to realize that you're just trying to take it down so that they don't feel that blow of 5000, but they know it's 5000. Where do you think the psyche comes in as far as, you know, capturing the sale when you decide to go with a seven at the end versus the round number? Have you, have you ever given any thought to that? Yeah. So it just depends on where you're getting your customers from. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's like a customer from, from a word of mouth, it's not really going to matter whether you charge four nine nine seven or, or $5,000. But if it's something like, like a cold customer somebody who has never heard of, of, of Kim Sutton, maybe that four nine nine seven just takes a little bit of ease off, off of the 5,000. I mean, I truly, I truly believe that in today's day and age, depending, oh, especially if you're charging that much money, if you're charging that much money, your customer is going to be intelligent. Um, we're not trying to sell something for seven bucks right. or for twenty-seven dollars in a trick them. It's not thirty dollars. It's just, it's it's twenty-five. Um, mm-hmm. You know that kind of that kind of like mindset or the the customer perception on your product that'll work for something. For an example, maybe like a simple landing page where you don't want to. You're not interested in getting on the phone with the customer. Or you, you don't want to send them through uh, any sort of a huge process. You just want to give them maybe like a landing page with, with a two or three step funnel and get them to buy. 
then I think it makes a difference for sales. But with the $5,000 product, especially if it's something that's um, done with you or done for you, $4,997, $5,000, I don't think it's going to matter either way. Because even the customers that are very intelligent and they see the $4,997, they're just going to say, okay, that's $5,000. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't have any problem charging $7 or $9.97 for, you know, a workbook or um, an ebook or something like that. That makes sense to me because mm-hmm. the, the $9.97 versus $10, I don't know. Personally, I feel that. And it's so funny to think that I feel that difference more than I feel the difference between $49.97 and $5,000. Oh, yeah. And it's all a correlation to the price. And also because, uh, let's see. You know, the $3, uh, nine, uh, I guess, you know, $3 is $3, but through $3, three dollars in the, in the, in the span of like a hundred dollars for 97 to, to a hundred versus nine ninety seven And then, or excuse me, four nine nine seven and $5,000. Like it just doesn't really do anything. Absolutely. So tell us more about eBooms and I want to go back for a moment to your story. What was your transition from being full-time in the sales job to starting your own business? Did you, and I know this is a really nosy question, but I know listeners want to know, well, was it a layoff? Did you decide to leave? What did that look like? Yeah. So that was actually pretty interesting too, because I had been with the company for for a long time or maybe not that long, but I'd been there for five years and then I, I kept pushing my manager. I said, how do I get to the next stage? Because I think all of us entrepreneurs are really interested in growth. So I said, okay, what's the next promotion? How do I learn something new? How do I do something different? Yada, yada, da. And eventually I got to a specific spot where uh, my boss said, you know what, Andrew, um, we got this, we got this promotion that's lined up for you. And then it never came. And then, so I, I decided to take another job and then he said, Oh, well, you know what? We can actually get you that promotion in six months. Um, Six months went by. I didn't have it. And we had a little like heart to heart conversation. And what I found out was that, Andrew, you really need to wait till either somebody retires or they get laid off or something like that to get your next position. I said, okay, well, you know, I'm gone then. Um, so I left to, to get a different job and had a little bit of a similar experience. They told me that I was going to have a lot more say in what I was going to do than I actually did. So I ended up just taken off. Um, yeah, so I left the whole corporate nine to five world. I said, okay, you know what? I'm like, bye-bye. I've got enough of my savings. It'll be, it'll be great to last me a good amount of time. And that's, that's how I got started. But, but it definitely wasn't easy because once mm-hmm. you jump into this entrepreneurship world, you get hit, like you get cookied online and you get hit by everything underneath the sun mm-hmm. and without being in the world it's really tough as a new individual, even if you're very, very intelligent because the marketers in this world are very, very talented. And there's a lot, I mean, I wish I didn't have to say this, but there's a lot of unethical entrepreneurs that are out there. Um, I would, I like to think of most of us as being good people, but there's a lot of people that market their services and they have no idea how to deliver on the back end. And I'm, I'm not trying to, not not trying to like stab, stab at yourself, Kim, because I think everybody's just like trying to make it happen. But people will say that they're the expert or they're the guru or whatever the word's going to be. And then you invest five to $10,000 in their service. You start work with them 
and you find out that they have no idea what they're doing. So I am in an interesting place right now. I am about three months out as of the date of this recording of having left one such group. Mm -hmm. And I stayed there for too long because the money was good. Mm -hmm. But the more, the longer I stayed, the more I realized this is not, it's going to mar my reputation just as much as it's marring theirs. Yeah. It comes around. Yeah, it does. And as, I was scared. For, I started feeling it maybe six months to a year before I left. But to me, I felt like I needed to stay for the security of my family. But then I couldn't anymore. Just enough started hurting me and my family that I had to move on. So when I finally did and people started catching wind that Kim is on her own now, yeah, it was amazing how people started approaching me and they started telling me, I'm so happy to hear you're on your own because I wasn't going to work with you while you were with them. Yeah. Yeah. But I like you. I just, I couldn't work with you in my soul until you were gone. And it's really unfortunate. And I don't know that a lot of them want to hear how their actions are making waves out there in not a good way. Because their name is being spread in a not so good way. But I also don't know that they would change anything if they did know. Because unfortunately for for too many people, it's not about everything that we've already talked about. It's about the money first and not the deliverable and not the impact that we're making on the clients. It's about how much money can I get into my account today, tomorrow, this month, this year that I can show off online and make everybody like, oh. And it's not about actually helping them achieve that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really sad. I mean, I've shared my credit score on my podcast and trust me, it was not good. I've shared, you know, the the stay in the mental hospital and my my bouts of anxiety and depression. And it's mm-hmm. because I don't want anybody to feel like they're alone. And I feel like those online entrepreneurs who are doing things um, unethically or maybe just unknowingly in an in a detrimental way, they think that the that they're, they're going to connect more by sharing the good stuff when in actuality they would connect more by number one, being authentic and number two, by, by just putting more thought into caring than by receiving. Yeah, that's very, that's very true. Yeah, that's very, that's a, that's a, that's a great way to put it. You know, I kind of have an interesting story on that one. And I think, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. It's just kind of the world in, in general. And I think we, we, we have people that, that are very, they're, they're very, very good at making money, but every, like a lot of these things you see, like, I, like I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy for you that you left that specific group because that, that specific group, I don't know exactly who they are, but that is going to be short term, whatever it is, because if they're trying to skim the surface, if they're not really serving their customers, if they're doing things unethically, it only lasts for so long, like you said before, until the word gets out. And so like, I even had a personal story with that is um, like, I, ha- I had a friend before, um, before I got into the entrepreneur space and I got in the space and, you know, she was already in the space a little bit. So I asked her a few questions and et cetera, et cetera, this and that. And then she would tell me, she's like, yeah, you know what I do is I just go out there and I just go sell people stuff. I said, okay, well, um, like what exactly are you selling them? She's like, I don't know. I just like create something, but as long as you can sell it, then it's okay. 
So I said, I can't, that doesn't really make any sense. But um, eventually, like I, I started working with her. I like I helped her out with, with sales a little bit. And then I saw kind of beneath the surface what she was doing with her customers because some of her customers started calling me. And um, well, what's, what's interesting about the story is that some of her customers started calling me and they said, you know, Andrew, like, what is going on? And like, I'm not getting a response from so-and-so. You know, I just paid $10,000 and like, I, I can't even get a meeting or I, I can't even get, I can't even get this person on the phone. It's like, what exactly going on? Like, I'm not too sure. It's like, I'm, this, this sounds a little bit odd because, you know, $10,000 is, it's not an extreme amount of money, but it's, it's a good deal of money. Um, it's, you know, it's enough to pay for the rent for like half of a car, whatever it may be. And then, so I got to see the inner workings and I saw that all was happening is that she was selling something extremely like quote unquote high value or high ticket. And as soon as you got the people in th- there, there was like a little bit of help there, but she kind of like left them all on their own. So she said, well, this is all you have to do. You just have to figure it out on your own and then you'll be successful. Oh boy. That makes me sick. Yeah. It's so sad. And the funny, the funny thing about this was that, you know, I've, so I've been very successful with sales and I don't have a problem talking with people and selling products. But the funny thing is when I was doing sales for her, I sold zero dollars. I could not sell a single person, a single product. And I said, no, like this doesn't make sense. I don't know why I'm failing so bad. And then I was working for another gentleman who we were able to close like maybe 50% of the customers that went through, which is a pretty high percentage. Yeah. I wasn't having a problem with him. But the interesting thing about that was that I think like deep down, and I learned this about myself too, because now I know like really do your research before you sell a product. Even if you think that they know, you, you think that what they're delivering is high value because like deep down, I actually didn't believe in the product and I didn't know for certain that it was really going to be successful. So I think that was translated into the customers that I talked to. And that's why I wasn't able to sell that product. Absolutely. Hey there, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to join the Work Smarter, Not Harder Challenge. Over the course of 30 days, these free, yes, free short videos will teach you a few of the systems and strategies I set up in my business so I can get away from my computer and back to the people I love. I invite you to sign up now at worksmarternotharderchallenge.com. Again, you can sign up at worksmarternotharderchallenge.com. Now, I just want to address one thing because I have personally sold products before they were created. Like I sold the beta of my Pinterest or podcasting course, and I'm not trying to do a plug here, but I just want to give an example to entrepreneurs who may feel like you have to create the whole thing before you can sell it. No, that's not the case at all. But what we're saying is when you sell something, deliver what you sold. So in the case of the of the course beta, I had people sign up and then we went through it together for 10 weeks one week to the next. I recorded it. I got feedback and now I'm going back and I'm recording the actual course based on the feedback I received and it will go out. That sounded like a major plug. Forgive that. But all we're saying is deliver what you sold. Yeah. And it's okay to sell a beta for like five grand, but you just got to be able to tell the people, this is a beta program. 
I know how to get to the end goal, but I do want to tell you guys that I haven't professionally put this done together yet, but I'm going to hold your hand through the process to make sure that you get a result. So long as you know that you're with a group of five people, this is a beta program. Mm -hmm. All all the cards are out on the table. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you do in eBooms? What is eBooms? So with eBooms, what we focus on is we focus on helping businesses, either entrepreneurs or sales professionals that are having an issue with sales. This this can come in one of two ways. Either people have a lot of issue when they're just trying to help get their get to their first thousand dollars. Or I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs. Not that I think I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that go out there and they want to start a business, but they don't have an idea of what to sell because they think they can sell everything. Uh, but in reality, that's not the case. And there's a second kind of customer that I deal with, which is the one that's stuck at a certain certain point. So either either for before where we are is where they're trying to get started, where they're trying to just make their first thousand dollars. And the second batch of people is where they're maybe already at six figures, but it's very hard for them to get to the seven figure mark. They're wondering, okay, so what exactly am I missing in my sales presentation? Um, You know, I put together this great value stack. I've got a great ROI form or like say an ROI calculator, but I can't figure out how to get to that seven figure mark. You know, what we do is we help them, figure out what that missing piece is. It's like, are you not really asking your customers the right questions? Maybe you're not telling them exactly the right part of your story that you need to be telling them to try to figure out how to get them to the next stage. And that's what we do with sales. So it's very, it's very customized and it's very personal to each client that we work with. And that's exactly what we do. So I was traveling this past weekend Mm -hmm. and I drove from here to Orlando. I'm in Ohio. So I drove from Ohio to oh, Orlando. That's yeah. a long It is. But let me tell you, it was a momcation, completely wow. a momcation. 16 hours listening to what I wanted to listen to instead of mama. Yeah. Mama, he hit me again. Mama, she picked yeah. her booger and is putting it in my face. You know, this was amazing listening to what I wanted to listen to. Yeah. One of the books that I listened to was The Millionaire Messenger by Brennan Burchard. Uh-huh. Have you ever read that one? I haven't read that one. Okay. So I found it so fascinating because he was talking about how over the first year of his coaching, he raised his prices because he would he would load up his whole roster. He would up-level his clients. Like he saw who he wanted to work with. So he would raise his rates and then he raised his rates again. And he went from like having his mind blown that he could actually charge $150 an hour mm-hmm. to then charging 2000 an hour and still having his whole, you know, his whole client roster, his whole weekly schedule full. And mm-hmm. then he realized, oh my gosh, I am living by my calendar. My calendar, I am so busy jumping from one call to the next. How am I going to scale this up? Because I, I can't take on any more clients. Yep. And that's where my last year has seen me is, okay, scaling up either is going to mean that I have no time to work on my personal content recording podcasts like this or doing lives, or I have to be smart and actually create the evergreen content that people can go into and learn even, and that's where the done, the done, let me try that one more time, do it yourself came about because I realized that there are going to be people who can't pay the five or 10,000 for me to walk it through it, but I still want to offer them a service. And I love that you're looking at where your clients are and who they're trying to serve and what they can do because I think a lot of us forget about that. I mean, I tried to jump from 
you know, making 15,000 a year to making seven figures. That, mm-hmm. unless you have some str- uh, like jump. crazy stroke of luck, I don't know how it's going to happen. Or unless you have um, a credit card that has some insane limit that you can invest hundreds of thousands in ads to get, mm-hmm. it, it really isn't going to happen. And I totally burnt my first business to the ground. I had a business from 2005 to 2010 e-commerce. Mm-hmm. I did everything wrong. I purchased a hundred thousand of inventory thinking that I was going to grow faster yeah. by having more inventory. That is not the right way to do it, but neither is putting your life on the line, hoping that these ads are going to be the magic ticket. So incremental changes and just taking that consistent action from one day to the next on the right actions. Please don't think that organizing the piles of paperwork that you have on the desk is more important than being visible. It's just not. Yeah. You don't want to gamble with it. Um, I mean, a lot, I think there's, there's a lot of marketing messages out there that'll lead you to believe that all you got to do is, We've we've heard this thing probably time and time again. Just just find the money machine that where you can put one dollar in and where you get two dollars back out. You know what? That money machine exists. I mean, if you start out in the very beginning, it's very hard to be able to find that. It's like pulling a needle out of a haystack. Yeah, and it takes a lot of split testing to get there, which requires a lot of money to get to that point where you figure out that it's that magic ticket. Mm -hmm. So it does exist, and I'm. I, definitely I, does. I followed um, Russell Brunson, ClickFunnels, and he talks about it. But I also know that he has a big, massive ad spend that he can put into it to figure out what works and what doesn't. And a lot of us don't have that. So be patient with yourself while you're making this journey. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a I'm a little bit familiar with the with the ClickFunnels community and with Russell Brunson, but he um like I, I read his uh, I read his book, the the Expert Secrets book. I think what a lot of people well, he's he's he, I, I think he's I think he's a great guy. Um, he's got fantastic teaching and he gives away a ton of stuff for free, which is which is superb. I mean, I learned a lot from that book. Um, but I think what a lot of people don't hear, like they, they they see it, which he's he's very transparent about it, is that this was not a you know like a, like a twelve month journey for him. Oh, I mean, no. he started trying to figure this stuff out when he was a kid. Like getting getting magazines um, or like a, what do you call it? like a, a advertisement mail junk junk mail. Um, he started out when he was a kid trying to figure this stuff out. So like his journey did not happen overnight. I mean he tried time and time and time again. But I think a lot of people just think that oh well great like there's this big shiny jewel at the end of it. All I got to do is get the machine where I can put one dollar in and get two dollars back out. But they forget about the whole process that Russell Russell went through in order to get there. Including losing just about everything. I mean, having to lay off a staff and give up his office and sell all that brand new furniture and all the computer equipment that he had spent millions on. No, it's definitely not been an easy journey. Yeah, that man man has worked his butt off to get to where he is today. And he's Mm -hmm. done a great job at it. But it came with like doing doing the work, being in the trenches, and not just buying a course for nine ninety seven, and then all of a sudden he was a winner. Where do you think accountability with clients and customers comes in to successful sales? Oh, like 
at, at the top. If you if you can't guarantee, if you can't help your customers be accountable to themselves and get them the results, you're never going to have a long-term business. Um, this is still the difference between uh, short-term and long-term. So um, they're, they're, uh, going back to that ultimate sales momentum, which, which is, I mean, it's it's truly a fantastic product and it, it costs, I mean, gosh, it, there's so much value in it and and I want to put it out there and it costs nothing because or not cost nothing but it's very low to get to get product I'm not trying to make a plug for it but there's Kevin are you familiar with the man Kevin Harrington yes so he's uh, for the audience out there he he was like the one of the original sharks on the hit TV show Shark Tank and then so he's got a section inside of my book and on the virtual summit as well and so his chapter his speech title is called long term sales and what we like to, I mean, what everybody has to think about is that the difference, I like to go back, back to this again because the difference between short-term and long-term sales is really dramatic. And you to go back to your question, where accountability comes into place is that, yes, it's going to take you longer to grow. If you, Let's just say you take on five clients and you want to make sure that each of your five clients is successful or maybe four out of the five is successful. So really take the time, make sure that they go through, if you have a five-step process, if you've got a 24-step process, whatever it may, may be, make sure that they actually get results at each step of the line and like keep them accountable for what you're trying to teach them. The greatest thing about this is that you're going to be able to get them success, which is going to be great for them. It's also going to be good for you. Maybe it's going to take a little bit more time and effort out of your day. But again, it's going to come all the way back around full circle where we were talking before about referral customers. Those are the easiest customers to sell. And those are the customers that are really going to get the most results. When you get these referral customers that keep coming back around, and you keep helping them being, being accountable, your credibility is going to rise. People are going to say, okay, I know I want to go to um, Andrew Zumi or I know I want to go to Kim Sutton because their specific methodology or their three-step process works. So you'll find that your customers actually end up keeping themselves accountable but this only comes from keeping your customers accountable in the very beginning and then when you get this traction when i like to call it the momentum Mm -hmm. um i'm all about momentum in sales because once you build up the momentum similar to like how a snowball like when we see in like looney tunes like back when we were kids you see that snowball build up momentum and it grows and it grows and it grows once you get that thing and you push it down the hill you'll be surprised at how quickly it picks up speed and how hard it is to get it to stop when you get your momentum building up speed and you're getting sale after sale after sale, successful customer after successful customer, it'll just build up and it's very hard to get it to stop. So that all goes back to being very accountable for your customers in the beginning, even though you think that, ah, oh, man, I'm giving them so much value and I'm taking so much time out of my day. And, you know, hum- humans are tough to deal with too. Um, you know, whether it's me, whether it's you, we're all a variable. And we all think that, okay, you know, I can do this better than, you know, Kim's the expert. I can do it better than Kim. Like I know best. And, you know, maybe I don't need to do this inside of her program X, Y, Z. But if you keep us accountable and really do all the steps, then no matter how much pushback you get from your customer, if you can make sure that they get success, it's going to snowball. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. Um, The team that I left, they had maybe a 3% completion rate on their courses. And now that I'm building my courses out, like I'm building in the mechanics I use just so that I'm very open about what I use. I use Infusionsoft and I use XSLA Mm -hmm. and using the two together, 
I can tag people when they've viewed the content and I can also send reminders. Hey, I noticed you haven't been in here. How can, you know, how can we support you to, to take, to get into this week's module and take the actions that you're supposed to take? Because I've had clients and I think the the final kicker for me that really had me do this was that I had a client who had spent a quarter million dollars on courses and had maybe looked at module one on each of them. And that is the last thing that I want any of my clients to do. I want them to focus on one course at a time, implement the actions, and then move on to the next one that makes sense. I mean, there's been many times that I really just wanted to sign up for a course, but I didn't have the funds. And I'm so thankful that I didn't have the funds and I don't run my business on credit because had I purchased, I already had three courses that I was trying to get through. I wouldn't have taken the another one going to do for you. Right, exactly. And those three courses that I'm talking about, I've had access to them for three years now. I'm still working my way through the content, but I've told myself I will not purchase anything else until I get through it. You know, and I came back from this conference this past weekend. The first thing that I did yesterday and the day before was implement what I learned. Because if you're going to spend the money to go and learn and, and learn from the experts, implement what you learned or it's going to be wasted time and wasted money. Yep. As soon as you swipe your credit card, I mean, it's, it's very, very intelligent to be just as smart as the seller as you are when you're the customer. Because as soon as you swipe your credit card, that doesn't mean the goal has been achieved. That means you've just given yourself permission to start. So you got to remember to start. You got to remember yes. to start. Yeah. Well, you've given your, your, let me try that again. You've given yourself permission to start or you've given yourself permission to make excuses. Please do not choose the latter. Yeah, don't make excuses. Yeah. Just think about it. It's like, it's like, um, it's like when you're at a, when you're the starting line of the race and then somebody's like uh, sh- shooting the gun or something like that. It's like, Swiping your credit card is your chance to get out of the gate. Like you want to get to the finish line set, maybe not as fast as you can, but you definitely want to get to the finish line instead of just saying, okay, great. Well, I went to the race. Now what? Yep. I got to the race. I stubbed my toe and I decided to quit. No, go. Everybody else is going to pass you by. Absolutely. Andrew, you have given me so much to think about. And I'm actually, I had changed that sales page to say 4997 instead of 5000. But thank you. Thanks to you. Like, awesome. you're, you're totally right. I'm going to go change it back. But where can listeners find you online, connect, get to know more? And I know you had an offer that you wanted to, to share. Yeah. So uh, you guys can find me on, on Facebook. You guys can find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, primarily, the, the best way to get a call to me would be Facebook. Just at Andrew Izumi. Um, I'm sure Kim will put the put the last name in there. You can find my website at ebooms.com, which is E-B-O-O-M-Z.com. But you know, we made uh we made reference to the ultimate sales momentum a couple of times um, dur- during the podcast. And if you're out there, if you're just trying to get started with the business online, I would highly recommend you think about sales first. Because unfortunately, if you can't sell your product, it doesn't matter how many people you help, you can't be successful because without actually helping yourself, you can't help others. And it's going to take money to be able to keep the lights on in the house, to be able to keep the car running, et cetera, et cetera. You got to have pleasure in business, but think about sales before when it comes to your entrepreneurship journey. So just check out ultimate salesmomentum.com. Very, very low ticket product. 
an immense amount of value. It'll get you to start. It'll get you to start thinking in the right direction. That sounds so fantastic. And that's exactly what I could have used like a year ago, two years ago. So thank you so much. Listeners, if you are driving, if you're trying not to burn dinner, if you don't want to fall off the elliptical, all the links that we talked about, all the resources that we mentioned will be on the show notes page, as well as how to spell Andrew's last name, I-Z-U-M-I, by the way, in case you don't want to go. But the show notes can be found at thugkimsutton.com forward slash PP660. Andrew, again, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can leave with listeners? Yeah, you know, I actually do. Um, so, so going back to the ultimate sales momentum. So my, my chapter in my speech inside of the ultimate sales momentum is listen and serve. So what you want to do first is when you think about sales, I like to I like to give this thing called the sales call triangle. And I do everything in threes or fours because it's very easy to remember. Now, Kim, a triangle is the strongest geometric shape. And there's three sides of the triangle. So when you're thinking about selling and even in th- thinking about life, you first want to listen to your customer. You want to hear exactly what their problem is. You want to be able to digest that information. The second part of the triangle is connecting. So you want to make some sort of connection with the customer. It's, do you understand what their pain point is they're going through, or you understand really where they are in that period of life? You know, maybe, uh, maybe it's uh, parenthood or maybe they're struggling with business, whatever it is. You want to get that personal connection with them. And not until you go through the first two, which is listening to your customer and connecting to them, can you speak to the customer? Now, speaking is the third side of the triangle, and that's actually where you want to give them your pitch. But it's listening, connecting, then speaking. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. Uh